The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, and we are live in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. That handsome devil is Will Brenton. That other handsome devil is John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. Here all week. Today, however, ranking our favorite storylines of Super Bowl 58, which you might have heard, Breach is a rematch of Super Bowl 54. By the way, this episode of Pick 6 and all our big game coverage is brought to you by the creamy deliciousness of peanut M&Ms, the perfect treat for those moments when you need a little added comfort. All right, boys, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, they're all back, but there are some new faces too. Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, and of course, Breach's favorite artist, Taylor Swift, all making their first Super Bowl appearances. So let's get to it. Eight storylines to look ahead to this week's Super Bowl 58. Let's start with Kyle Shanahan. Brinson, you and I had similar takes on Mr. Shanahan here. Goes back to the Super Bowl that the Atlanta Falcons somehow lost to the Patriots 28-3. We've talked about that to death, but that's going to be a talking point this week. Shanahan was, of course, the offensive coordinator of that Falcons team. Then four years ago when these teams met, the Chiefs and the old uh, 49ers, they were up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter and then got outscored, didn't score another point. Shanahan and the 49ers lost that game. Jimmy G was, of course, the quarterback. So I'll ask you, Brinson, and then you can sort of expound as it relates to, to your big storyline. Is this the year that uh, Kyle Shanahan finally gets over the hump? Well, let's not forget that they, the 49ers had a 10-point lead against the Rams in the NFC Championship as well against my guy Matthew Stafford. They gave that up. So, you know, we talk about – I think Kyle Shanahan – and this is part and, part and partial because of, you know, the fact that his dad, Mike Shanahan, is, should be a Hall of Fame coach. He's not in somehow. Two Super Bowls with John Elway. But 
because of that, because of he him, you know, b- b- being successful head coach, a successful offensive coordinator, and us focusing on his performance in big games, we sort of moved the goalpost a bit, right? It's like Kyle can't win big games, but it's also like Kyle can't play when he's not ahead. And you know, he's like, to which I, you know, Kyle wins a lot of games. I think the circumstances have just been bad for him. I don't know that this is necessarily the best matchup possible when it comes to San Francisco figuring out a way to win the big game, though. I mean, Kansas City was a three seed. I think if you'd said before the season, who do you not want to see, the answer would be Kansas City. But then once we got to Christmas and they played the Ravens, who absolutely stomped them, I think the answer was probably Baltimore, maybe even Buffalo at some point when Buffalo got hot. But now, two games into the playoffs, the Chiefs are white hot. And Kyle Shanahan, there's no like, there is no question about it. it. Hands down, Breach, no one in this entire game, this entire week, has more pressure on them than Kyle Shanahan when it comes to winning su- this Super Bowl because he has lost in the biggest spots frequently, and Patrick Mahomes simply hasn't. Yeah, you know what's funny is that he actually reminds me of Andy Reid from five years ago. When, yeah. hey, look, Andy Reid went to four NF, straight NFC title games with the Eagles, uh, would make the playoffs every year with the Chiefs before the arrival of Patrick Mahomes, but he could not win the big game. And we would sit here and talk about all the bad decisions he would make uh, down the stretch and his clock management issues, and then got his quarterback, got over the hump, won that Super Bowl. And now you really don't hear people complaining about Andy Reid all that much anymore. And that's really what it feels like Kyle Shanahan is because – Look, the Falcon Super Bowl loss might not be his fault, but that team scored zero points in the fourth quarter of that game. That's a factor. He's the offensive coordinator. The Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs might not be his fault, but again, that team scored zero points in the fourth quarter of that game. And as you said, Brenton, also the blown lead in the NFC title game two years ago. So there is the monkeys on his back. So I absolutely agree that he is the person who probably needs this one more than that. Yeah, and, and I would just add, too, that um, you know, I, I made the point with Andy Reid that he reminded me a lot of Phil Mickelson winning a major where Phil needed to win that first major, and then you get this flood of wins in these big spots that comes out because he no longer has the pressure of that. And you sort of think, you know, I mean, that same thing happened with, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You win that first one, and then all of a sudden you, you sort of – you're just back in the Super Bowl almost every year. And I sort of wonder if Kyle Shanahan, you win the first one – could there be a sort of a run of, of Super Bowls uh, on the horizon? I think it's at least possible to see a run of appearances if that's the case. Yeah, worth mentioning to follow up on, on Brenton's uh, Fig Jam point there. This is the eighth Super Bowl rematch, <laughs> fourth head coach matchup with multiple Super Bowl meetings. Uh, unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, in each of the previous three instances, the head coach to win the first matchup also won the second matchup. There's been a repeat winner in five of the previous seven instances of teams meeting in the Super Bowl for seven times. So. Uh, that perhaps has something to do with the pressure with which uh, Kyle Shanahan, at least we think he's probably feeling. We'll see how that plays itself out. Uh, Breach, one of your storylines was uh, with a win, does Andy Reid become a top five coach or even a top three coach all time? Uh, make your make your point on, on what you're trying to get to with that. Well, look, we've already talked about how Andy Reid got the monkey off his back and then Brinson brought up the, the Phil Mickelson syndrome where – once you got that first win, now you're getting a lot of wins. If you go in there, you win your third Super Bowl. You know who else has three Super Bowl wins? Bill Walsh. I mean, we're talking about an all-time great. You know who has more than three Super Bowl wins? Uh, Chuck Knoll, Bill Belichick. So we're talking about just this incredibly short list 
of head coaches that have been able to win three Super Bowls. And you throw Joe Gibbs also won three. Uh, and so that the list is so short that, you know, I, I think we would probably all agree that Andy Reid's probably a top 10 coach in NFL history now, but he is, no, maybe Brinson doesn't, but I just think the I way coaching and the rate they're winning is that not only uh, could we be talking about him as a top five coach, if he were to retire after this season, if they won the Super Bowl, uh, that I think he's up there and that he's certainly in the conversation. And if he doesn't retire, which I don't think he will, because I think he is going to try and stick around as long as Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback, he might get to the all-time wins record before Bill Belichick. I mean, at the rate things are going, especially <laughs> if Belichick is out of the NFL next year, he's going to pick up 15 wins on him. So you throw that in there, and man, it's looking like Andy Reid is maybe the best coach of his generation if he comes through with another Super Bowl or two. Well, and you know, you look at guys like Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin, really, really great head coaches, but only won a single Super Bowl, right? And I think you make the I, I sort of had Andy Reid pegged as a top five coach already, but I'm sure I, you know, I, I guess I need to do that in my in my do the actual math, right? I mean, Belichick, Don Shula. Or one and two? Does that seem fair? Lombardi? Walsh. Walsh? I mean, is Andy Reid better than those guys, Wilson? I feel like, you know, if, he, if you win your third Super Bowl and you went to all those NFC title games, when, like, the NFC was, like, I mean, the Panthers were really good then. They made a Super Bowl. Um, you know, you had the, the, the Buccaneers, obviously, were a great team. The Eagles were fantastic, of course, but I mean, you know, they just there are a lot of great teams. Uh, you know, the Rams had some some run there. There were a lot of great teams in, in the NFC in that era, and it was felt like Andy Reid got everybody's best game in the NFC Championship. And this is a guy who now, if I mean, he's been to twelve in the like, championship games. I mean, he's been every year that Patrick Mahomes has been his starter, and he's also the guy who cultivated this talent, possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Wilson, would you say he's top five or top ten? Well, as I was thinking about it, I'm a little older than you boys. Uh, so Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, Jimmy Johnson, there are a lot of names that you have to sort of give some serious consideration to. My favorite coach growing up, Breach, Forrest Gregg, who coached your dad. He's not in the conversation, but I did like him. Uh, he did a lot with those Bengals teams. But I think we got to go through and give it – like you have to bring Prisco on and get his thoughts because he was alive and, and kicking when those guys were coaching – so I get it. Like, you're not going to get a lot of pushback from me. What Andy Reid's done has been nothing short of amazing. I mean, he got fired and run out of town in Philadelphia for a reason. Uh, so for him to sort of rediscover himself, and you can say Patrick Mahomes did it, but that team with Alex Smith was a really good football team as well. So I get it. Like, you're not going to get much pushback from me on that one. And 11 conference title games, Brenton, that was the number you were looking for. Second most NFL history behind only Belichick. Yep. I would say he's top five. And I think you have to squeeze somebody out that also projects a little bit moving forward, I think. But definitely. All right. This sort of piggybacks off of that. And I mean, if you're all, if we're all on board with the Andy Reid stuff, this feels like a slam dunk. Chiefs dynasty. Let's start here. Brenton, if they don't win Chiefs dynasty, because I think the answer, if they do win, we know what it is. So Chiefs dynasty, if they don't win, if they do win, had the dynasty already started. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah, so uh, Prisco was on the podcast last week talking about this, and you know, he's like, I love Dynasty talk. I love it. It's great. Dynasty talk. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing to love, but cool. Um, and he, he had the like Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, he did. He said, my precious Dynasty. Um, mm. yeah, he, had the, he had the Patriots one, Steelers, Steel Curtain two, and then he put the Chiefs at 
three, I believe, right, Breach, ahead of uh, Shula and the Dolphins. Basically, the idea, if they win, of course, the idea being that you know you win three Super Bowls in this six-year span when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you're two plays away from him going to the Super Bowl every year of his career as a starter, which is I mean, just outrageous. I mean, they lose by three to the Bengals, right, and then six to the Patriots or seven to the Patriots on the D4 at all sides thing. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous how good they've been. And if they win this one against the Niners, it's like they've got a real, real decent shot at taking out uh, taking out Belichick and Brady as the greatest dynasty of all time. So, Breach, are they a dynasty right now, even before this game starts? I do not. I don't. I mean, man, four Super Bowls in five years is pretty insane. But I think my threshold for dynasty is you have to win three of them. So yep. this is the dynasty starter or dynasty builder. But if they lose this, get back next year and win that, then that's the dynasty that's starter. True. But they are on the cusp of a dynasty and if they win just one more in the next two or three years, whether that's this year, next year, the year after that, then I think they're a dynasty. Well, I, mean, I think it's the Patriots. Oh, sorry, I was going to say the Patriots went through the first four. Brady wasn't playing at this level that Patrick Mahomes was playing at. Um, if they win three of their first, you know, three of the, three out of the first six years of Tom Brady's career, that's the kick, that's kickstarting a dynasty. Like we would think back and to this time frame and say the Chiefs, like the Legion of Boom, were a borderline dynasty. If they win that second Super Bowl, they probably qualify. I do agree with you, Breach. Like five years, three titles seems like the right fit. But I mean, this Chiefs team, Wilson, I, yeah, three titles in six years—that's a dynasty for me. I'm thinking about the Seattle team that you're talking about. In the moment, it did sort of feel like a dynasty. But the other cautionary tale is that they fell right off a cliff uh, for various reasons. And I, what I was going to say is that you've talked about how the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs can flip a switch offensively. And look, they only scored 17 points against the Ravens, none in the second half. But they made some plays and plays they hadn't made earlier. The defense is the difference. And the point is that they're winning in different ways, which makes me feel they're a little more versatile in terms of their chasing of a dynasty, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid help. But I think this team feels like, I mean, they feel like a dynasty already because of those two guys we talked about. Whereas, I was just saying, I was one more say, thing to, to factor hold on with the that. dynasty thing. Yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah. Let, let, me, let me just finish this thought about Seattle because the, the, there was friction between like Russ and Richard Sherman, between the offense, the defense, between Marshawn, not getting the ball in the handoff and that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. You don't hear any such friction about this Patriots team, and I think that helps too. Chiefs team, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, and I would say too that one of the things that I think encompasses a dynasty is the notion that this Chiefs team has effectively snuffed out anyone else from the AFC from winning Super Bowls. Tom Brady got one from the NFC side by beating the Chiefs. Um, you know, Joe Burrow got to the Super Bowl. Brady got to the Super Bowl and then lost to the Eagles, right? But that the the one where they beat the Chiefs is that right? The D4 season? Yeah, 2018. Patriots won the year before. Am I, am I wrong there? <laughs> the, 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 the Patriots, I think they won. 20, oh, they beat, they, they beat the Rams. They yeah. beat the Rams. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, so we've got the. Uh, we've got the the Patriots beating the Rams. They got through the first year of Mahomes as a starter, right? It's like you better get yours now because you're not gonna have many opportunities. But like you know, Joe Burrow had a shot, but Josh Allen has basically been thwarted by the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson hasn't lost to the Chiefs every time, but it's it's very reminiscent of the Patriots in in Tom Brady's peak when the Patriots were rolling in that. And and the same thing with like Jordan Jordan's Bulls, where because that team was so good, it made it so that much more difficult for everybody else in the conference to try to find a, find their way to a title. 
Yeah, and that's right. it really feels like the other thing about the chemistry though is that it doesn't feel like there's any broke nothing's broken yet. You don't hear any whispers about uh guys not being on the same page. Of course, you know, sometimes we hear Darius Tony uh videos and yeah. what whatnot. But besides that, that's not impacting anyone else on this team. They don't have any reading Patrick Mahomes don't have the Brady Belichick relationship. Mahomes doesn't have the Russell Wilson, everybody else on his team relationship. Uh, so it, these guys just seem like they're on the right track to never. All win. right. Yeah, no kidding. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll answer a very important question. How close is Patrick Mahomes to catching Tom Brady? Start this. Let's talk about why you should have comfort when it comes to your team's chances for the big game this week. Presented by our friends at Peanut Butter M&M's. Here's a comforting thought, 49ers fans. A team hasn't won back-to-back Super Bowls since 2003-2004. The Chiefs are looking to win back-to-back big games after coming back against the Eagles last season. But the odds aren't in their favor. Seven different teams have won two Super Bowls in a row, starting with the Green Bay Packers taking the first two Super Bowls ever played. The Steelers have even done the back-to-back twice but it's been almost 20 years since the last time the feat was completed. The Patriots took down the Panthers in 2003 and the Eagles in 2004. So feel good, San Francisco 49ers fans. The chances that Chiefs win a second Super Bowl in a row are low. This episode of Pick 6 and all our big game coverage is brought to you by the creamy deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms, the perfect treat for those moments when you need a little added comfort. All right, boys, with another Super Bowl win, this was my storyline. What do we put the chances that Patrick Mahomes eventually breaks Tom Brady's record of seven Lombardies? And just a little backstory here. Super Bowl appearances in a five-year span. Uh, the Chiefs and the, and the Patriots both have four. Most Super Bowl starts by a quarterback all time. Tom Brady's at 10. No surprise there. Patrick Mahomes is at four. And the most Super Bowl starts by QB before age 30. Patrick Mahomes is leading the pack already at four. Tom Brady only had three. Big Ben, Troy Aikman, Elway and Greasy, Bob, that is, also had three. So, Breach, I'll come to you. You're the resident pick six historian. If he gets to four, Patrick Mahomes, on Sunday, what are the chances? I guess he has to play till he's in his 40s, but what are the chances he sniffs, gets close to that seven that Tom Brady finished up with? Well, it'll be his third win if he wins on Sunday. So, you Thank get the you. three. And you're not even 29 years old yet. That's what really blows my mind is that you would have three Super Bowl wins before the age of 29. And that really makes it feel like it's possible. But even at that rate, even at that rate, if he plays till he's 40, he's basically got to win one Super Bowl every three years. And that blows my mind because I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to slow down a little bit. You know, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I don't think many people are going to play highly successful football into their 40s. I think Patrick Mahomes probably has another 10 years of great football before he starts just kind of slowing down a little, a little, a little. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff or anything. Uh, And so seven Super Bowls and the AFC, you're adding Jim Harbaugh. Just the AFC is so stacked with, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, I think he gets close. I think he ends with five or six Super Bowls. But I don't think he had seven. Brent, you think he had seven? You think he gets eight to beat him? I don't. I don't think he can beat him. I don't think he's getting eight. 
So I think Prisco was talking about this. Yeah, Brady has seven, obviously. And and let's not forget that the big one for Brady here, there's two Trump cards. One, with that seventh, he went down to Tampa Bay and won it. Granted, pandemic year, but he won it. And, and, his, and he won MVP, right? At what, 45? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and he beat exactly. He did it without Belichick, and he beat Mahomes in that Super Bowl. Now you can point out a lot of different reasons why the Chiefs lost that game, but the reality is Tom Brady beat Magic Mahomes head to head in his final Super Bowl win. Um, I don't think that this is technically correct, like sharp math, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, the Chiefs are seven to one right now to win the Super Bowl next year in 2025. They're minus 105, uh, plus 105 to win the Super Bowl um, in. Uh, in uh in, in this this year obviously because they're an underdog of two points the last time I checked. So I put in seven to one, seven to one, seven to one and plus one at five. And that basically comes out to uh like a one thousand forty eight like ten dollars would win you ten thousand dollars. In other words, you and I don't think again, I don't think that math is right. I'm tired of traveling. I've got some like like old man health issues I'm dealing with. So who who knows how accurate that is. The point being is like it's a huge long shot. And I think there's a pretty good chance that we end up in a situation where it could almost be Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders, where if anyone wants to argue for Emmett, AKA Tom Brady, that, you know, you're always going to have the stats and the overall numbers on your side, like the rings on your side. Be like, all right, like until you beat Brady seven rings, you don't have an argument. If he ties Brady, I think you do have an argument. And I still think even right now you could say that Tom that, that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback we've ever seen play football, even if he's not the GOAT because of the ring count, depending on where he ends up. Yeah, yeah. no, this is a tall task. And it, it's fun to sort of overreact and say Patrick Mahomes is going to be the guy to do it. But he has to play until his 40s, unless they're just going to win out and he's going to retire at age 35. And it's people want to do other things with life unless you're Tom Brady. So, and Tom Brady came to the decisions to do other things when he was in his mid 40s. So, I I think it feels like a long shot. I think that the Chief Dynasty talk and and Andy Reid, top five, top three coaches, much more attainable. Um, But let's talk about the truly important stuff. And, and Brinson, I'll let you go first. I don't know which one of you is a bigger Swifty, nor do I care. But Taylor Swift's going to be a talking point this week. So, why don't you take this conversation in whatever direction you want it to go in, other than any mention of her being a, a psyop? Yeah, uh, right. I know. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that she's going to come out after the Super Bowl and promptly endorse a, uh, a, a one candidate or another of a political party, which would be quite the uh, quite the, uh, the 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 conspiracy conspiracy theory come to life. My best guess is she jumps on her PJ, heads back to Japan, and continues doing her tour. She's here. And by the way, shout out to um, the article I saw come across the CBS uh, news desk thread, the, the, the NFL story thread. It was like, this one thing is Taylor Swift's biggest problem with getting to the Super Bowl. It's like, that's the biggest John Breach headline I've ever seen in my entire life. Sure enough, you click through and it's Breach. And I, I had to find out what it was. It's because it, it's, it's her PJ parking coming from Tokyo. It's not the actual flight itself. It's where do you park your private jet? At any rate, um, I think this is a huge storyline. And like Travis Kelsey, I, I'm, okay, you know what? I'm sick and tired of people complaining about too much Taylor Swift. She's the biggest pop star on the planet. She's interesting. She's got great, makes great music. She and Travis Kelsey have a great relationship, it looks like. It looks like authentic. And not to mention, you know, it's not like, like she, after the game, after the AFC Championship game, 
you know, uh, Travis Kelsey was looking for Jason Kelsey, finds him, and she recedes in the background. She's not out here like trying to get headlines, but I think because it's the Super Bowl, because you're already getting a lot of casual fans uh, being represented in the viewership, you are going to see much more Taylor Swift than we saw in the AFC Championship game when, when we showed her, we being CBS, showed her for like 44 seconds because they were trying to tamper down the the, the what felt like you know some people overkill in the Swift stuff. Super Bowl is a different story. We show celebrities for every year, going to get a ton of Taylor Swift. I think it's an awesome storyline. And I'll just say real quick, I don't think you can go overboard with too much Taylor Swift coverage. If if CBS said on Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to air a one-hour documentary on how Taylor Swift got from Tokyo to Las Vegas, I would watch it. I would watch yes! it. Like, it's fascinating. It's fun. Uh, I don't understand why people are against it. You know, though, Brent, you mentioned an article real quick. I learned one thing that her private jet doesn't have uh, the range to fly from Tokyo to L.A. So I do not think she will be on her private jet for that actual part of the flight unless she's, like, stopping over in Hawaii uh, and and refueling and then picking up and landing in Vegas. So uh, another that's another twist to the whole situation. I by the way, Harry points out correctly. She did announce a new album tonight. The Grammys were uh, this. We recorded this on Sunday night. Excuse me. And of course, the Grammys on CBS. Hope you watched. Like all good company men, um, I think she posted to Instagram about a new album. It had six hundred thousand likes within a minute. That's insane. So did my post about breakfast this morning. 600 likes in a minute. What'd you have? Waffles. Delicious. Waffles are, waffles are better than pancakes. Here, right? taking Wilson out to waffles tomorrow morning. He needs them. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you won't be awake. All right. Then I'll talk about waffles and pancakes. It's time for a segment where we're going to take a brief detour from Las Vegas to tight end you. George Kittle for the 49ers. Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. They're some of the best tight ends in the league, and we're going to tell you our favorite prop bets involving the two for the Super Bowl tight end showdown. It's tight end TV time. All right, boys, this more. segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Will Brinson, what is your favorite tight end prop for Super Bowl 58? I For Super Bowl 58, I will take, as I peruse the hefty list of props available on FanDuel uh, sportsbook.fanduel.com, Chris McCaffrey minus 220 to uh, to score a touchdown, anytime touchdown. That's an outrageous number. But Travis Kelsey is even money at plus 100. I think that's a good bet. Um, you know, we've seen the 49ers have linebackers that could potentially cover him. But Travis Kelsey might just be uncoverable. And I think Kelsey's flipped the switch, as I suggested he might, uh, over the last two weeks in the playoffs. He's been a dominant player. And he knows he's got 60 minutes to try to win another Super Bowl. I think he goes out there and scores at least one touchdown. Love even money there. Ooh. John Breach, what do you got? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go the other, uh, the other team and take George Kittle over 47 and a half receiving yards. Although, you know what? I think I'm just switching it live right now to anytime oh, touchdown. No. I think oh, I'm taking George Kittle anytime touchdown. Not Travis Kelsey. Brenton talked me into it, and my reasoning is that the Chiefs gave up nine touchdowns this season to tight ends, which was tied for the fifth most in the NFL. So I think the 49ers will struggle to throw the ball on the Chiefs because second most sacks. Uh, I think they get the fourth, fourth fewest passing yards. But I think Brock Purdy can find George Kittle for a touchdown. All right. I'm going to keep it simple. You guys should talk about Taylor Swift and how she'll come see her boyfriend play. Maybe there's going to be an engagement after the game in midfield on one knee. Should the Chiefs win, we'll find out together. I'm going to go anytime 
No, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey MVP. Like he, he's forget that he's going to score more than one touchdown. He may he'll catch one. He may run one. Maybe he throws one. Maybe he kicks an extra point breach. We'll see. But I'm going to go Travis Kelsey MVP breach. When's the last time an MVP was a tight end? Uh, I would believe the answer is never. Yep, never. So there you go. Seventeen one for seventeen one for Kelsey, which is not terrible. Yeah, and Mahomes has won MVP a lot, so you could see it possibly going to. Um, like it's not, it's not outrageous. Mahomes, by the way, plus one thirty five for MVP. So. Walk down to the sports book at our hotel and go ahead and place these bets after the podcast. All right, boys. This segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, I'm going to get back to these storylines. And this one seems like one that uh, it's going to be a pretty important one that we'll hear a lot about. I know Brinson's been on this train. He was on this train last week. Stealing a line from uh, Pete Prisco before the, the Lions game. Pete thought the Lions might be the 49ers. I actually thought they might, too. It looked like we are going to after the first 30 minutes. And then the last 30 minutes happened. Brinson, if you block them, you beat them. And, of course, we're talking about uh, how good all the skill position, the skill position players they have for the 49ers. The offensive line, certainly Trent Williams, is really good. But this Chiefs defense probably going to be one of the best defenses they faced all year. Yeah, and I think the the issue for the, the 49ers is can they slow down the Chiefs' offense? And we saw both the Packers and the Lions put up points against San Francisco by blocking really well up front. And, you know, the Chiefs' one Super Bowl loss is to the, to the Buccaneers. It was when they were missing their two tackles. Uh, they went out and spent immediately to go out and get Joe Tooney. They just had no protection for Patrick Mahomes in that in that in that COVID Super Bowl. And so I think um, you, it, I think Tooney will be, be back. Uh, it'd be interested to hear what Kyle Long has to say all week all week long on tops because uh, Kyle Long, friend of the pod, did an interview with the Chiefs' offensive line. If Tooney can play, then and the tackles hold up, this team can block the 49ers' front four. And if they do that, they can attack them in the secondary, and that's how you end up with the Chiefs. Scoring a ton of points. Uh, if you can block them, you can beat them. Pete's been right about it so far. And the Packers and the Lions had their chances. If you let Patrick Mahomes' team block you, he will make you pay. He will win that game. Yeah. Any thoughts, if, Preacher? Yeah, go uh, ahead. I was just I was just gonna add real quick that if uh they fall behind 24 to 7 to the Chiefs, they're not coming back and winning. Well, let's think about it this way. You know. Um, Brock Purdy was in the MVP conversation for quite a while, as was Christian McCaffrey. But does anyone disagree that a healthy, healthy Debo Samuel is the most important person on that offense? I, I, I would agree with that. That's my only concern. If they, because I think Kyle Shanahan said this actually after the the Lions game, like they had a lot of things heavily geared towards getting Debo the ball, and Debo got hurt early on, and that was a that was a concern. Or the game before that, excuse me. And that was a concern in terms of how things played out. So if he's out there, he's getting the ball. And we just saw him overcome 17-point lead, Breach. So you, you still think that could be the case? Against the Lions? I mean, against a uh, team that choked right. away the entire game in the second half, I just don't see the Chiefs doing that. And also, if the Chiefs put up 24 points on you that quickly or you're down 24-7, that means their offense is rolling. And they're just – I yeah. am not – concerned about Patrick Mahomes blowing a 17-point lead. And, of course, we can clip this and uh, send it to Old Takes Exposed if I end up being wrong. But I would be absolutely stunned if the Chiefs blew a 17-point lead in the Super Bowl. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have two more storylines to hit, and we'll hit them right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, boys. Six down, two to go. Tight end talk. We sort of touched on it when we uh, mentioned the the tight end prop bets we liked. Uh, Brinson, let's start here. Who's the best tight end on the field Sunday? Uh, I love George Kittle, but it's Travis Kelsey. It's not close. Oh, what? Wait. It's not close. I don't think it's particularly. I mean, Travis Kelsey is probably the greatest end of all, tight end of all time. Uh, Gronk, maybe I, you'd argue. I mean, I'd be fine if you did Gronk over Kelsey, but Tony Gonzalez. Of, Gonzalez is up there. I think Travis Kelsey's got a. I mean, Gonzalez is great. He's all of Famer. I mean, sure, Fire Hall of Famer. I think Kelsey's the great, the best pass catching tight end of all time, and I, I think it speaks volumes when you trade Tyreek Hill. Uh, you pick up a bunch of picks from the Dolphins. You 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 improve your defense, and Travis Kelsey's just chugging along. He had a down year in the regular season, but you know, like I mean, I think he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I love Kittle. Kittle, Kittle. They both guys are more effective and more important to their own unique offenses than the other than they would be if you flipped them. I think Kelsey because of his freelancing style with Mahomes, how he is able to do anything on the field, catch any pass, uh, his his threat in the red zone, and then Kittle because of his blocking skill set. He's able to really help facilitate. He's the fulcrum point for this Kyle Shanahan offense because you know you have you want to run the play action stuff off of the running. You, know, you want to have similar looking plays, and Kittle can block, 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 and then release on those play action stuff, uh, play action uh, situations where they roll guys out, and it, it just it's so deadly. One thing that blows my mind about the fact that Kittle's played so well this year, I do agree with Brinson that, that Travis Kelsey is the better tight end, and as Brinson said, he's. A historically great tight end but when you look at just talk about the 2023 season George Kittle had more receiving yards than Travis Kelsey which is kind of mind-blowing because you look at the 49ers offense and you have the NFL's leading rusher and Christian McCaffrey you have Debo Samuel you have Brandon Ayuk you have all these weapons and somehow George Kittle finished with over a thousand receiving yards and so he's someone that Brock Purdy trusts uh, and that Brock Purdy is going to go to when he's in trouble. But, you know, Kittle is a weapon in the 49ers offense. Travis Kelsey is the weapon in the Chiefs offense. And that's yep. it. That's Mahomes' guy. As Brinson said, they're on the same page all the time. Travis Kelsey, half the time, runs whatever route he wants. Mahomes doesn't even know what he's going to do until he does it. And 
they still connect. I, I mean, he was talking about how Travis Kelsey ran the wrong route and one of the touchdowns in the playoffs. But it doesn't matter because if he gets open, Patrick Mahomes is going to find him. And that's a connection that you don't see uh, very often. It doesn't work all the time, but it does for these two. And and that's where what blows my mind about it. So, yeah, I would take Travis Kelsey over George Kittle. I would take Kyle Juszczyk, but that's because he's more versatile and went to an Ivy League school, <laughs> but that's just me. All right. And his wife, uh, wife is a fantastic fashion designer. Yeah, she makes she makes jackets and hoodies and whatever else you want custom made. All right, uh, talk about the uh, sort of connection with Kelsey Mahomes breach that dovetails nicely into our final storyline. And uh, breach, I'll ask you first: Do you trust Brock Purdy? Because is there any way he can out Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes on the biggest stage? Even though Brock Purdy has been up to every test so far. Yeah, the thing is, he has been up to every test, but he's looked a little shaky in the playoffs. And, and look, game-winning drive against the Packers, he looked awesome. He looked awesome at times against the Lions, but there's just this shakiness that has been there that I can't shake. I mean, we saw the first half against the Packers where he didn't look good at all. And so this is going to be the best defense he has faced in the postseason, and it's not even close. And every time we've seen him go up against a good defense from the AFC, uh, he struggled. We saw him struggle against the Browns. We saw him struggle against the Ravens. Saw him struggle Didn't struggle against, against the Steelers. I guess that's true. We <laughs> saw him struggle against the Bengals. So it does worry me a little bit that it, now that he's going up against a, a Chiefs defense that had the second most sacks in the NFL, that has been really good at stopping the pass. You have a bunch of guys up front that can put pressure on the quarterback and I think that that could be trouble. I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes at all. I think this, I mean, I think most people would agree that this is, they would take Patrick Mahomes if you have to pick one quarterback here and who's going to play the better game. But is it is it an absolute mismatch or are they going to be close? What do you think, Brinson? Uh, I think the party thing is fascinating. He's been really clutch the last two weeks and, and, and stepped up in big moments in a big way. And that goes a long way for me. This is still Mr. Irrelevant from last year. And we're treating him as if he's like, not, not that he hasn't arrived, but just we're, he's being treated as like, okay, well, you know, you just have to go beat maybe the greatest quarterback of all time in the Super Bowl in, in year in year two as a starter after being the last pick in the draft. And I think, that speaks a lot to his development that he's being given the the sort of the treatment that he's getting. I think he, I, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that the Niners defense could come to play, could pressure Patrick Mahomes, and that Brock Purdy could have the same game that Jimmy Garoppolo had. The question is, will he connect on the deep shots uh, that, that Jimmy missed, that one shot to Emmanuel Sanders that wins the game for the 49ers four years ago? I think I'd trust Brock Purdy to hit on the deep shots. So if the 49ers defense comes to play – Slows down Kansas City enough. I, I trust Brock Party to win this game if he has to, but certainly if he starts out shaky, there's going to be questions. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. I just want to throw in because Brinson mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's career record with the 49ers going into Super Bowl 54 21 and 5. Brock Purdy's career record with the 49ers going into Super Bowl 58 21 and 5. Wow. Are they the same I'm guy? glad you mentioned that because, well, that's what I was going to say. That's what's going to follow up with Brinson's point. I, does anyone think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than, than Brock Purdy? No. At any point in, in Jimmy G's journey, like even when he was just tr pretty well running that Shanahan offense, I feel like I was actually thinking about this when you guys were talking. If you're Kyle Shanahan and you could have Brock Purdy start this game 
or you could trade for Patrick Mahomes, but only have two weeks to prepare with Patrick Mahomes. Is he taking? I, I, I don't know. Brock Purdy runs that offense as efficiently as we've seen anyone run it since I don't know when. Like who, who's the, who's I, the last quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's had that this ran this efficiently? I mean Jimmy Garoppolo probably. Uh, I mean, and then Matt nah. Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Matt Ryan's the answer. So I, I think Breach, are you taking Patrick Mahomes two weeks' notice? I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know if Kyle Shanahan would want to do that, though. If you're, if that is the that's question. what I'm saying. Because right, that's what I'm saying. He is so nitpicky about how his offenses run, and he wants things yes. done. He wants things done his way. It, it, if if he can trade for Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs get Brock Purdy and have to start him on two weeks, he's going to no. do that. No, that's not the. That wasn't the. the no, Patrick Mahomes stays with the Chiefs and. Uh, Kyle Shannon can get Josh Allen. So he can he can either have Josh Allen on two weeks' notice or sure. Brock yeah. Purdy. Right. Then what? I, I'm I taking Brock I still, think I still think it's Josh Allen, but I get the point. Like, you want somebody who you know can run the offense. So Purdy would definitely – like, I understand what you're saying, and it makes total sense. I still think you're taking the quarterback with the crazy upside. I'm smelling a pick-six poll question. Yeah, throw Jake Brownie's name in there, too, because I'm sure he was the guy next on your list. All right, boys, that is it. We are done for the Storyline Show here on Sunday night, but we will be back all week in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Tomorrow, we're going to give you our impressions from opening night. We will be there live and in person, along with Christina Anderson, of course, the other super friend, uh, Katie Mox. So look for that on the old YouTube page. We'll post the best clips for the pressers. And one last reminder, show us some love with a like or a comment. Hit subscribe to our YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio version. Make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We'll see you guys tomorrow.